Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. episode of That's What People Do. You are joined as ever by me, Ryan McGowan, and I have with me again James Kay. Hello, buddy. Hello, boys here. Um, how are you? Yeah, I'm okay. I've got a bit of a cold, which I don't really understand because I've been isolating, so I don't know where that's come from, but apart from that, tip top. Do you think it's got something to do then, maybe, with um, being indoors for so long? Yeah, sort of the immune, immune system's dropped that's 100%. Exactly it. Yeah, 100%. I need to get out more. I think it's because my brother's gone back to work as well, so he's bringing in all these germs again, and my body's just like, what? So, yeah, yeah. I think I need to get out. Too many germs about, man. But I haven't been out in, like, four... Well, I have. I've been out a few times in, like, four months. But I'm a hero. When people ask about coronavirus, I'm like, I didn't go out. I'm a bloody hero. Yeah, but that, your kids will be like, what did you do during the pandemic, Dad? And you'll go, absolutely nothing. And in doing so, I saved countless lives. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so today is quite a special episode for us. Um, if you've been listening from the start, you may understand why. If you're new to us, then I'm about to tell you why. This is episode 52. Now, for those unaware, there are 52 weeks in the year. We bring out an episode once every week. Although I think we may have missed one or two weeks. But nonetheless, this is episode 52, which means this is, that's what people do's first birthday. Hooray and happy birthday. Happy birthday. Um, We have been doing this now for a full year. Uh, We've alluded to it back in a previous episode, but we first started, we were in uh, um, sort of some small made up studio. It was like the hottest day of the year. It Uh, was fucking horrible. Yeah, it was, it was like a... A wet t-shirt competition, but not the good kind. It was grim. I could like that heat. I've never felt heat like it. It was awful. We had the windows open and everything between every episode, and 
nothing happened. You, you open the windows and nothing happened. Normally you get like a gust of wind or something, a breeze, nothing. If anything, it just let more hot air in. Yeah, yeah, it didn't help. Um, and so what we thought we'd do, um, as we've just had like a heavy three-parter on Mr. Winston Churchill, um, we'd be interested to hear your thoughts on Mr. Winston Churchill. Uh, we thought we'd have a nice relaxed episode this this week. Uh, we have a documentary episode like we've done before with I Love You Now Die and with the Miranda, is it, was it? Miranda? Where are you getting that from? Uh, Amanda Knox. Amanda Knox. And it's, Miranda. <laughs> it's like a... I knew there were some letters there that were the same. <laughs> Close enough. Yeah, we've gone for a nice relaxed fit. Some uh, a friend of ours, uh, Alex, has recommended a documentary for us to watch and said, "I think you might guys might like this dude's story." So we've given it a watch. This documentary is called "Searching for Sugar Man." You can find. Which it. Never heard of, by the way. I've uh, never no, heard of this. Absolutely never heard of it. It's a small, um, a small budget, small documentary that we I think it appeared in the Cannes Festival. Uh, I think it won a mm. few awards. It's a really, really fucking great documentary. I really recommend it to anyone who's interested in music or just in general, the story is fantastic. Um, so yeah, we gave it a go. You can find it on Amazon and YouTube and all those sort of things. And we're just basically going to run for it and talk about it. So um, um, yeah, enjoy our nice relaxed fit this episode for our first birthday. We're going to sit back just have a nice good old chin chat so yeah all we had to do was watch a documentary yeah all, yeah we thought we'd, we'd relax you've been doing this for a year so let's enjoy it and just sit and watch the documentary and it was lovely and it does start off which i think is a very great way of starting off with um a car driving across uh driving around south africa there's a nice coastal image he's driving around the mountainside he's got like a little vw i think it is and it's got music playing by an artist called Rodriguez. And this dude who's driving it is named Steven Siegerman, or as he's nicknamed, Sugar, because supposedly when he was in the military, no one could pronounce his name, so they just called him Sugar instead. Seems fair. Yeah. Which, which it, it threw me, because the fact that he was called Sugar and the documentary was called Searching for Sugar Man, like straight away I thought, oh, I found him. <laughs> Do you know what? I did exactly the same thing when I watched oh, it. Oh, well, I genuinely, know the... I was like, oh, this is like an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, here he is. But no, we were wrong. No, so uh, Steven Seagerman is not Sugar Man. Um, and it then cuts, he's like talking about, um, he's talking about the, this music and how, how it meant to him um, and whatnot. And then it cuts to this really smoky backwater bar in detroit in america and you've got a someone on stage with their back to the audience you don't you just just a silhouette and as i say the, the bar is all smoky and there's just it's hazy and you can't tell anything but all you can hear is this really cool music being played and sort of people are talking about this mysterious artist who sort of just turns up he plays a set or two, and then he fucks off. And I was like... Yeah. It's in, very mysterious. Very mysterious. Now, it's at this point, everyone, you're going to go, what am I watching? And... I, I, I must admit, for the first 
20 minutes. I even messaged you as I was watching it, and you sent me the same message when you were watching it. Yeah. Just like, I'm really lost. Yeah. I don't know what's happening. Yeah, stick with it, guys, because it, the first 20 minutes are a bit slow and are very, very confusing. But stick with it, because it is worth it. Now It all ties together. Yeah. What we find out is this person who's in the bar, this mysterious singer, um, sort of just for some reason disappears and we go to South Africa. And in South Africa, we're back with um, Stephen Siegerman or Sugar. And he's talking about how there's this artist known as Rodriguez who is very, very popular in South Africa. Now, this is like, I think it was, it's in the 70s. Uh, I've got here, it's, it's 1968 Detroit is when Rodriguez was first discovered by the producers in America. Yeah. And then uh, South Africa, I didn't get a date, but yeah, early, early 70s, late yeah, 60s. So it's in the 70s that we're talking about uh, how this, this artist called just Rodriguez, who no one really knows much about, is just in a smoky bar and that's about it um his music is somehow well is being played in south africa and the people the locals and young people and that they absolutely love this music now um you'll hear some of the lyrics and he's talking about like freedom and he's talking about living in a rundown city and struggling to live and making a wage and all this sort of stuff and it seems to be that that resonates with loads of people who are living in south africa at the time because there is such thing as apartheid which i was not fully aware of what it was exactly when watching the documentary which is probably bad um but i remember like apartheid is like a huge thing in africa in south africa um even today is still like a bit of a stain. Mm. And I had to look it up. I don't know about you. Um, but it seems to be that so white South Africans are the minority. What were like at the, at, in this particular time, we're talking like in the 70s and before then. So white South Africans are the minority and they have been for all time, whilst Europeans have been colonizing South Africa, including us British. So they split the non-white majority into categories. So I think um, there's one documentary I watched about it. So they split um, them up into like four sections. There was like Asians, there was blacks. Uh, um, I can't remember what the fourth one was, I'm really sorry. Um, one of them was like, it was quotes, coloured. So it's just people of mixed races. Um, and then these people got split up even further into reserves across South Africa. So they were given land and been sort of told like, this is your area. This is where you live. This is where you'll build a house. This is where you make business. And then if they ever said like, well, can I not move to like another area? No, you can't mix. So races were fully separated. Um, and then the white major the white minority owned 80% of the land. Now South Africa is a fucking huge country. It's ridiculously big. It's a big old place. There's no way they could even settle half of that land. There's just not enough people. And yet the rest of the people who live, like all non-white people who live in South Africa are just being forced and crammed into these reserves to live. It's like, um, it's like you know, America's old like Jim Crow laws where they had like um, 
whites and blacks segregated, like water fountain for the blacks, water fountain for the whites. You can't sit on the bus yeah. or you can do this and you can't do that. It's like that, but like a hundred times I can imagine worse because you're just being put on a fucking reserve and that's where you live and you can't go nowhere else. Yeah. And so they found Rodriguez's music to be quite liberating in this time of separation. Yeah. So um, for a lot of people, like what ended up happening was the government ended up trying to crack down even harder on them because what they were scared of was that the white minority who were in power could at, at any point so easily be overpowered by the non-white majority. And so in an attempt to try and like stop that happening, that's why they segregated everybody so that they couldn't like rise up and band together that was the whole point and then obviously like the government in charge got worse and worse and worse with that to the point where like they would they would monitor music and like books and sort of stuff that could get out there and so this this artist known as rodriguez who's putting out music about living on hard times and having hope and doing something better and all these sort of things spoke to a lot of young south africans at the time who were like trying to make sense of this world that they live in and realize it's not right to the point we see in the documentary that the South African governments had like censored parts of this artist's music. Like they'd scratched out. Yeah. They'd all like physically scratched the records. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the one thing I found really interesting um, was how the music got into the country. There's a rumor that, um, that story is fascinating. Yeah, so, because I think it's worth saying before that, that in America, where Rodriguez was from and where this got produced, the album flopped. That mm. I think I heard that he sold six six copies. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we made in, one guy. In America? Yeah. And then in South Africa sold half a million. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So we, we meet one guy who signed um, Rodriguez and they made an album. And as James said, it was an absolute flop. And he says, how, how many albums do you think he sold in this country? And he was like, six. I bought one of them, my wife bought one, and like he could name the six people that actually bought it. The music just, mm. it didn't do very well at all. It completely and utterly flopped. Um, and it just seems to be that the artist known as Rodriguez just faded away into obscurity, didn't he? Yeah, he just, he was a labourer and he just went back to doing that. That's it, yeah. So he was working alongside making his music in. Um, and then he just disappeared, just completely faded into obscurity. And then, then I suppose is now, yeah, a good time to cut back to South Africa, where apartheid is being fought against, uh, and his music is really, really resonating with young people. So then it goes to the story of how the music gets to South Africa, and the story is that a American girl flies over to South Africa to meet her boyfriend. And with yep. her, she brings like a copy of this artist's music. The album's called Cold Facts, if anyone wants to look it up. Yeah, check him out on Spotify. You can find this music on Spotify and it's really, really good. Um, brings the uh, Cold Facts on like a record over to South Africa. And then loads of people start listening to it. And loads of people quite like it. And then it starts getting bootlegged because it's not being sold in South Africa because it wasn't being sold anywhere. You get bootleg copies of people copying it, and it absolutely blew. It, it just took off in South Africa, and everyone was listening to it. In fact, I believe they said at one point they think that he sold more albums and records in South Africa than Elvis. Yeah, he was bigger than Elvis. They say if you go into any like 
particularly rich white people's homes and you look through their records, there would have been Abbey Road by the Beatles, mm. um, some, something else by someone big and uh, Rodriguez. And then... Which is mental, considering the fact that this bloke is currently living in America, completely unaware of what's going on. Yeah. Well, that's a good place to, to continue from there because we skip forward in the documentary in time and obviously apartheid has been... Uh, uh, abolished and that no longer happened is, is no longer happening um and we're now in the 90s and we go back to steven siegerman or sugar and he's talking about how um his albums this rodriguez character he keeps having his albums sort of like redistributed by there is a company there are is it's a music label isn't it who keep reselling it and remaking it yeah there's no new music. All the music just comes from the seventies from, I think like three different albums. Um, and they, they continually just be redistributed. They're not new music. It's old fucking music that people just continually keep listening to. They really just took to it and they they've now transferred it and re-released his music, but in CD format for like the first time. And they ask this guy, sugar, who is a, a big fan of Rodriguez, the artist, to write some notes about the music in in the CD cover. And it's here that he writes basically a, a question sort of like what happened to Rodriguez because there's a rumour that's gone round, isn't there? Yeah, the rumour... So no one, no one in South Africa knows who Rodriguez is. All they've got to go on is the album cover of him sitting cross-legged, wearing glasses, looking very... much like a hippie, I want to say. Yeah. And they hear the rumour that Rodriguez was doing a live performance and during this performance everything goes wrong, the sound quality is awful, the lights go wrong and he begins to sing his last song and I wish I took down the lyrics because they were really poignant but I forgot. Uh, And he's singing a song and then he quietly puts down his guitar, picks up a gun and shoots himself in the head on stage. Yeah. That that was the rumour. Or one of the rumours. And people began to believe that that genuinely was what happened. Um, which is mental. Uh, another another rumor, which I don't think was mentioned as much, but did get brought up, is that he set himself on fire. I think. Yeah, they never really mentioned that one. It just sort of that comes up later. Yeah, when he's on the talk show, he's just like, "Do you remember this happening?" And he's just laughing. Yeah. The amount of times that people have told him that, "Wait, you're dead." Um. Yeah, I really wish I'd had those lyrics that he they they say he said at the end. But yeah, he does. He yeah, finishes really his last song, so his concert's going absolutely awful. And then he just quietly finishes his set, supposedly pulls out a gun and shoots himself in the head. Um, and so we go then we go back to Stephen Sugar, who is writing notes for this album that's now been made into a CD. Basically wants to know the truth. And he's asking if anyone's out there who is interested in finding out who or who knows, who wants to help find out and know what happened to Rodriguez. Um, and there's no internet um, even before then. So like when this rumor came out, there's no there's no fact checking or stuff like that. Even in '97, you know, it's not not. I remember being a kid, um, and a legitimate excuse for not having done your homework was I haven't got internet, miss. Yeah, and they couldn't argue against it. Exactly. So you know, it it it's easy for people to just believe the rumor and not look it up and it was very difficult for them to find out but we do get one bloke 
who is interested in finding out. He's also another fan. I think I didn't get his name, but he is like some sort of um, journalist, and he contacts Sugar and says, "I want to help discover what happened to Rodriguez. I'm also a massive fan." And so his tactic is to follow the money. And so what he does is he goes to all those labels in South Africa that distribute and sell his music and basically asks, where are you paying royalties to? Because if Rodriguez is dead, you're clearly not paying royalties to him. Who are you paying to and how do I get access to the person? Mm. Which I never thought about at the time because you forget about royalties. Yeah, someone was making money out of it. Yeah, and we find that out. So it turns out um, that the South African companies that are distributing the music are paying royalties to a United States-based label called Sussex, which is headed by a guy called Clarence Avant. Now, this dude is relatively successful in the game. He's worked with uh, Michael Jackson, He's worked with Stevie Wonder and Quincy Jones. Um, which, side note, did you know, James, that one of Quincy Jones' daughters is Rashida Jones from The Office, who plays Karen? No way. Yeah. yeah. What? Wow, okay. That's a cool fact. Isn't that? Isn't that? Like, so, so her dad has worked with like Michael Jackson and some of the biggest names in music. That's awesome. Mm. So, yeah, we meet Clarence Avant, who, at the start, when our journalist is talking to Clarence, he shows him a picture of this art, of, of Rodriguez, the artist, who we begin to find out about, a bit more about. And he's saying, ah, oh, stop showing me pictures of Rodriguez. You're going to get me all emotional now. Look at me. And I'll be honest with you, the first sort of 30 seconds of looking at Clarence, I was like, oh, yeah, that's quite nice that he gets emotional about this dude. And then, about a minute later, my opinion on the man changes. I don't know about you. He got very aggressive very quickly. He gets very aggressive. And why does he get aggressive? Because he got accused... Well, yeah, he got accused of taking the money. Yeah. From the album. Um, because it seems <laughs> that the South African labels are paying Sussex, which was owned by him at the time, to have the music and distribute it. So where's he sending the money to? Because the money's coming exactly, through him. The money's coming through him, and yet for some reason, it's not going to the artist Rodriguez because this guy doesn't really want to talk about him, and he gets very, very, yeah, very he, defensive. Very defensive, very quickly. It it it, it was weird. Like, part of me was like, maybe he's just sick and tired of being asked about it because he genuinely has nothing to do with it. Like maybe the South African labels are taking all the money, but then there's also the part that's like, this dude is just pocketing everything. Yeah, to be fair, I never thought about that actually. The, the South African companies could be just pocketing the money and not paying any royalties, but Clarence is very aware of royalties being paid because when he mentioned it, he was like, oh, don't talk to me about royalties, da 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 da, like. Uh, if I was in it, if I wanted the money, do you think I would not have chased it up and all this sort of stuff? Mm. Mm. Yeah. So Clarence seems to be a bit of a dead end as well. So we don't really still know what's happened to Clarence because even through him, we don't know what's gone on. He doesn't seem to be any of the wiser. So our detective 
uh, starts listening through Rodriguez's music. It seems that, you know, Rodriguez, um, a lot of his lyrics are to do with, it seems, general life, you know, working. Specific areas yeah, as well. Yeah, they seem to be related to specific areas. So he mentions places like London, Amsterdam, New York. And our journalist actually goes to every single location to just try and find out some information, being like, well, I'll go to these places that he talks about. Maybe maybe there's some clues. And, you know, unfortunately, every place he goes to, he doesn't seem to get anything except uh, for one song that he manages to just, for some reason, overlook. And he picks up on a place name in Detroit. And he manages to get hold of someone there who actually knew, knows him. Um, uh, Martin Goffey, I believe, the original producer. That's it, yeah. And what he tells us is that Rodriguez isn't dead. Rodriguez is alive. This dude's still kicking yeah. and screaming. This dude's healthy as ever. Alive and he's well. He's totally alive. He's totally healthy. He's totally well. He's He's just getting on with life. Blissfully unaware of selling half a million albums in another country. He has no idea. In fact, he, because obviously it's now 30 odd years on, he's now at that point in his 50s um, and he has a whole entire life now that is not necessarily revolved around his music. He's got, he's got children and one, one of, yeah, three daughters, one of his daughters whilst browsing the internet, discovers a website which is dedicated to the information and finding of the artist Rodriguez. And she leaves them a message saying, he's my dad. Uh, which must have been huge for them after so much time yeah, looking. Uh, this website is, I believe, owned by Sugar. And Sugar, um, Sugar is totally surprised, doesn't, almost doesn't believe it at the beginning. And then she posts her phone number on the site, which you just would not do today, uh, and says, um, huh. you know, if you want to call me, I've got all the information. Here's my number. So he rings her and apparently they chatted for uh, chat for hours. And he was like, I'm sold. Like, totally, I'm sold. But I really would love to speak to your dad. Now, imagine like, do you have like a favorite artist at all? Um, music's, I guess, like, I'm not really that musically inclined. Or even, like, uh, I don't know, but say, like, you have, like, a favourite artist or a an, uh, an favourite actor or any, anyone, anyone famous that you just idolise. Yeah, just be starstruck. Yeah. yeah, um, imagine, like, they just sort of disappeared and you heard a rumour that they were dead and then out of nowhere, they're, like, their offspring rings you up and he's just like, no, he's, he's alive kicking and screaming, like, I'm... I can get him on the phone if you want. Mate, you'd be like, oh God, yes, please get him on the phone, get him on the phone, get him on the phone. You couldn't just get yeah, hold of really these excited. people. And yet, she manages to get it. Literally that night, Rodriguez calls back Sugar and he's like, hi, um, I'm Rodriguez, I hear you're looking for me. <laughs> and he just knew just by the voice because this guy's listened to his music like almost every day for like 30 years he absolutely adores yeah. this man and he was like i just knew by the voice i knew it was him there was no question about it and uh, and this is when we actually meet rodriguez for the first time in the documentary mm. and 
weirdly, in his younger days, because we see pictures from like when he was younger, like in his late twenties, when he's actually making this music, he's like a handsome dude. He's like um, he's like a, a bit like Bruno Mars almost. He looks like. Mm, yeah, I get yeah, that. He's, he's kind of um, he's got some he's got some Native American. He's got some Mexican in him. He's got these like massive beaming white teeth. He's always got some sunglasses on. He looks like a really cool, suave dude. And we we meet him yeah. now. He's in his fifties. Um, actually, it's later than that, isn't it? Because it's it's at that point, two thousand thirteen. Um, uh, so he's going to be like what sixties, nearly seventy. Um, yeah. And he's got like long jet black hair, which I, definitely that's not that's not fucking dyed. He's just got jet black hair. He's wearing dark glasses. Yeah. And he's just what looks to be in like a really old, run-down, cold house. Mm, yeah, in a very, what looks like a quite a poor area. It does, yeah. Uh, he seems really shy. He doesn't really talk much. I'd, I'd put that. He's very, very softly spoken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's almost like, it's almost like he's so confused as to why you're here wanting to talk to him. Hmm. I, I put he here as well, he's kind of got it. like a otherworldly quality about him, like one of those people you could just sit and listen to for yeah. ages. I'll put, I'll put, this is a wild comparison, but I'll put David Bowie has that as well, that when he talks, he talks so softly, but you just shut up and listen. And yeah, I thought Rodriguez almost, had exactly the same. Yeah, it's almost like um, his body is here, but his mind is not. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, um, Rodriguez... His, his music and him when he was younger as an artist, he's compared to um, uh, Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan, quite a lot. Everyone refers to him as Bob Dylan, like the be- better than Bob Dylan. Yeah. So he's asked. Well, he's, he's obviously he knows of obviously it, it's the present day at this point, 2013, and he's asked. So you were super, super, super famous in South Africa, and it didn't kick off in America. And it turns out that he had absolutely, as James has said to earlier, absolutely no idea how famous he actually was in another country. And he's now spent the last 30 plus years in Detroit, in the USA, working just as a handyman, as a bit of a labourer, helping yeah. with demolition of houses, just gutting houses before they're demolished. Yeah, raising having, his kids as well. Raising his kids and having two failed marriages. Yeah, that, uh, 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 and as I say, he's, he's also as I say living in this house in Detroit, which hasn't got heating. He's using a log burner to keep warm. Yeah, and yeah. yet in South Africa, he's bigger than Elvis. It's mental, absolutely mental. Yeah. He could have lived like a king in South Africa, had he known. Yeah, and and touching on him as a dad as well, I love that his kids like gave testimonies to him that even though they didn't have any money, he'd often take them to like the library and museums and stuff just yeah. to show them what they could be. Yeah, I I really like that. Um, it, it he seems to have like brought them up with a sense of, you know, the the world is your oyster. You can, if you put your mind to it, do what you want. Yeah, you know, don't let expose don't let them to great artists. That's it, exactly that. Yeah, don't let anyone stop you from pursuing what you want to do. Um, 
and interestingly, that at this point they ask him, you know, do you ever wonder how different your life could have been had you known? And he's like, no, not really. I'm pretty content. Which is crazy considering, I don't know, I suppose we're speaking from quite a money-driven point of view. I suppose I think he just lives in the now and is happy yeah. with what he has, which so is really nice. As well, based on his music, he's interested in social and political stuff. So he does get into, he's interested in his community. He is taking part in loads of community events in Detroit. He ran for mayor um, a couple times as well um, in the 80s of Detroit. So he's very politically minded. He's very like community based as well. So he's really not that bothered by his himself, really. One thing I do want to point out, though, the snow in Detroit. Yeah, that was crazy. It's insane. And I was just like, this poor fucking guy, this camera crew are just filming him. And at one point, he almost slips over. It's like yeah. this camera crew are just filming him for ages, just trudging through the snow. <laughs> to be fair, yeah, there's, 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 a, I don't know what it is, but they really like filming Rodriguez walking through the snow. Mm. Uh, and he's really not that good at it. He's really, no. <laughs> he's really bad at walking in snow. Because <laughs> he yeah, trips he's very up. unsteady on the feet. He trips up nearly every time we see him walk in snow. He's really not good <laughs> at it. He should stop doing it. <laughs> so in March of 1998, uh, he Rodriguez actually goes to South Africa for the first time to meet uh, Sugar, um, talk to the journalist who helped find him, and do a tour of South Africa. Actually tour. And people absolutely love him. For them, honestly, I'm not even joking when I say this. It, it's like watching Jesus come back from the dead. Yeah, I think on the first uh, concert, there was 10 minutes of just pure screaming. They just couldn't start playing. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so he has literally like a concert hall full of about, I think, 5,000 people. And it's just sold out, gone. Yeah, and he no, does six sold out concerts that's it six sold out concerts with about five thousand people in each venue and yeah that first concert he walks out on the stage and he, he cannot get a word in for 10 minutes straight it's just people screaming just they cannot believe what they're seeing this bloke actually exists and this bloke's actually here and he brings his kids with him doesn't he yeah and they're loving it they're absolutely loving it now He says that South Africa made him feel like more than a prince, which I really liked. Like I, I actually choked up a bit um, at his concert, watching how much he meant to so many people and seeing how much that meant to him. Mm. Because this is a whole world he just had no idea about at all. And he's just walked into it and now people just worship him like a god. Like a god. Yeah. I found it really humbling to watch, to be fair. Um, so this is a guy who works all the hours under the sun he's like helping guttering houses he's doing odd jobs he's raising his kids and in in South Africa he doesn't have to lift a finger I, I, that, that, that's what really baffles me is how different your life his life could have been just had he known yeah it's a shame really he may have packed up and moved to South Africa and that's probably where he might have been based do you know what I mean? Yeah. He could have... Oh, it's so crazy that he just hung up his guitar for a bit and went, no, I'm going to... It didn't work out. I'm just going to keep going back to work. 
and no one told him how famous he was. Mm. But this is the bit that confuses me, James. It was playing in South Africa. South African companies' record labels were playing his music, paying royalties to somewhere, and no one at the record labels that owned his music told him. It's like he disappeared for, like, I say, 10 years or whatever, maybe even less than that. And they've gone, oh, fucking hell, his music's starting kicking off. And they've gone, I wonder if he knows. And someone's gone, no, he doesn't. And then they've gone, I mean, as long as no one tells him, I think we might get away with this. Yeah. But it does seem that he's not bothered by finding out really what happened to the royalties because he's now done, like I say, uh, he's done a tour of South Africa. Um, he's made He made quite a bit of money. And what does he do with the money? He gave it to his kids, didn't he? He gives it all away. <laughs> he gives it to like as many people as he can, friends, family, local community stuff. He just gives it all away. He He keeps enough to just sort of keep by. That's it. But he still uses a log burner. Very humbling. Such a humbling dude. Um... One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. So he, it turns out, he's been back to South Africa four times and he's done over 30 concerts there. Just, just move there, bro. Yeah, just move there. <laughs> I bet the climate is more tempting than that of Detroit. Mm. Yeah, I think I think he's just, his life is Detroit, though, isn't it? And his kids are there. And yeah, I mean, I suppose he could move them all out there. Really, like he'd make so much money out of that place, surely. Mm. Um. Well, it turns out, even now. In his ripe old age of like seventies that he's at currently, um, he is still touring, even in America now, because it's it got picked up. Obviously, the his the documentary about him, which is called as I say, "Searching for Sugar Man," and the reason why is because one of his most famous popular songs on his album is called "Sugar Man," which is actually a really really good song. Definitely about drugs. Oh yeah, it, yeah. A lot of it is. I mean, it was written in the seventies. It's definitely about drugs. Um, so it's called "Searching for Sugar Man," and when it when it came out, um, it, it 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 did really well. It won awards, and it 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 got picked up in America. And he has appeared on shows like uh, the Late Show with David Letterman. Uh, he's appeared with Jay Leno. Um, so he he's he is he's well known now, relatively speaking. People are aware of him. They're aware. Of, some people are aware of his story, and he has done tours uh, even across America. And it uh, it has also done tours around Australia and New Zealand, which is insane that he's 
it's almost now globally famous. But even still, it's thirty years too late. Thirty years too late. That's all it is. If only, if only he'd known back then, he would like be up there even today now, like as, as such a one of the greats. One of the greats, wouldn't he? Interestingly, mm. like, it would be fun to find out his life that he's led so far is what's probably made him so humble and such as this quiet, re- sort of reclusive man who is not really bothered by fame. Um, I wonder how he may have been different if he had had that fame earlier. If it would have made a difference. I'm not so sure. I, th- I think he was a humble man from the start. Mm. Um, now, check out Searching for Sugar Man because it's genuinely a fucking great, great documentary and it's so, so nice to watch. Um, I found it really humbling just to watch this man talk, perform, how appreciative he is of everything that he gets and everything that he does then get. He he just redistributes it to those that are, you know, he thinks more deserving than him. That's just such mm. a cool dude. I just want to know him. I want him to be like, yeah. I want him to be like my dad or something and just listen to him <laughs> talk all day. Um, so yeah, that that is the story of uh, Rodriguez, or his or his actual name is Sixto Diaz Rodriguez, and he's now seventy eight years old, and he is someone still alive. He's still alive, and he is someone worth a search. Check him out, please, guys. Have, Even if you just listen to his music, yeah, you can find him on Spotify. Just search Rodriguez, and it will come up. Or just type searching, for, uh, type in Sugarman, uh, and find him under Sixto Rodriguez, and just listen to his music. Listen to his lyrics. Some of them are so good, so so good. And there's like one about him like losing a job two weeks before Christmas, and it's so sad. And man, and then he actually lost his job two weeks before Christmas. Actually lost his job two weeks before Christmas. A label dropped him when he was uh, in the seventies when he was young. It's such an interesting, fascinating, fascinating story. It's really worth checking out. So yeah, check out uh, the documentary "Searching for Sugar Man." You can find it on Amazon, and also you can find it on YouTube. Wow, I loved that documentary, uh, and I'm really glad that it was recommended. So thank you to Alex who recommended us that documentary. It was brilliant. Uh, do you have any like lasting thoughts on the on the guy, James? Before we move on. Uh, not particularly. I think we covered everything. Yeah, just give the documentary a watch. Uh, probably covers everything better than we did. Listen to the music. Mm, totally. Just it just contextualizes everything. It really does. It really does help the music. His music, along accompanying the documentary, really does help um, explain and like uh, move the story forward in a way. Um, so yeah, check that out. Now we shall move on because as I say it is our first birthday today, <laughs> and what a year it's been. Right. We have um, now, I'm not joking, and I'm so, so, so happy about it, thousands of downloads. It's brilliant. I love checking our analytics because it says thousands of downloads. It doesn't say thousands of downloads, but it's like we have we have a K next to the amount of listens and downloads we have, which that's in- insane because K means thousands, and I love it. Yeah, it's. I'm not gonna lie. I'm shocked we made it past ten episodes. Yeah, yeah. And yet here we are on fifty-two. I remember when we, uh, I think when we hit episode ten, 
I said we've hit double digits. We've done it. We, we, we're established. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we didn't even let a global pandemic stop no, us. No, we haven't. We we adapted. We, what is it? What's, what's the Bear Grylls meme? Adapt, overcome. Uh, um, something like that. Improvise, adapt, That's overcome. That's it. We, we improvised. We adapted. We overcame. We did solo episodes, short 15-minute solo episodes for a bit when we brought you Ray Kroc. Um we didn't let a little global pandemic stop us. No, we kept going. We kept making content. Um, and so we have, we have got, we've got a regular listenership now. They tune, you guys tune in every week to come listen to the shit that we have to talk about, which I'm ever, ever so thankful for. Um, so yeah, big, big, big thank you to every single person who tunes in week in, week out for every new episode we have. Even to you new guys, if you are new, thank you so much for checking us out. Um, I don't know how you found us. Maybe it was a recommendation. Um, maybe it's just you're just looking for something different. Um, we've got we've got fifty fifty one of our episodes to check out now, so we've got quite a lot of back catalogue for you to get through. Um, my mum listens. She loves it. <laughs> she's just been <laughs> hello, Ryan. Yeah, mom. she's just been to Spain and she listened to I think all Churchill episodes while out there. Yeah, that's heavy listening that's for heavy holiday. Listening for holiday, yeah, exactly. Um, genuinely, like you guys are the reason that we keep going. Like, if there was nobody to listen to us, it would kind of almost be a bit of a pointless exercise, wouldn't it? Just knowing. Um, I-, I was thinking this, you know, yes and no, because obviously we do it for people to listen, but also like the amount of shit I've learned over the past year is mental. Oh, absolutely. It's just it's an excuse to because if if we didn't do this I wouldn't look this up because I'm lazy yeah. but because I feel like we have like deadlines and stuff that we set ourselves and we have like we don't have to do it but we we, we want to do it and we have a reason to do it we're learning so much and if it, like pub quizzes someone be like what did this person do and we're like this is what they did because we did a fucking episode mm. on it in fact I had someone at work the other day mention about Winston Churchill and I went oh actually <laughs> <laughs> did you know <laughs> um. Yeah, no, no, you're, you're absolutely right. Like, having you guys listening to us gives us a reason to continue to search things up and find ever more interesting and cool people to talk about. And then in the process of doing that, we learn so, so much. Um, the Part of the reason why my research takes so bloody long is because I'll look at one thing and go, well, that was interesting. How did that happen? And then I end up in a rabbit hole and start looking up loads of other things but it also then helps to contextualize a lot of things as to why things mm. happen uh, but also we love seeing interaction from you guys seeing you guys like our tweets facebook posts instagram uh, emailing us or dropping us uh, suggestions for episodes that and any suggestions that get made we do genuinely consider like i think i've done um disney and cabri were two suggestions by my friend yeah. ryan and I thought, yeah, that's a really good idea, and we did it. Yeah, we're all for suggestions. Like, send us your suggestions if you have any of someone that you you know of who maybe we don't know of here in the UK. Maybe they're famous in your particular country. Um, and yeah, send us some, send us send them our way, and we will look into them and bring an episode out on them and tell everyone, tell the world. The whole point of that's what people do is telling you guys uh, and telling everyone um, about people who have done cool and interesting things and and those who have done things that are obviously not so cool or interesting i.e we've done a few of them quite a few of those bad people yes but that's the human experience and we have to talk about them so 
I asked you at the beginning of the episode, James, to think about what your favourite episode was. Have you thought of it? You did. It's a really difficult question because there's you can have a favourite episode of ones that I enjoyed recording because the information was so, I don't know, interesting. But then I also have favourite people who... It's it's weird. It's, it's multiple layers, multiple layers. So obviously... Um, one of my favourite people we did was one of the very first was Tolkien. I think he's such a fucking cool yeah. guy. So I, I like. I, do I think it's? One, I don't think it's one of our best episodes because it's when we were just finding our feet. But in terms of people, I think he is fantastic. Well, the guy had like four um, languages th- before he was five. It's mental. It's absolute batshit. Like I tried recently to create a fantasy world with like <laughs> separate languages and stuff, and it, it's fucking impossible. I was just, I was fucking bored, really yeah. bored. So I was just sitting there. I was sitting there, just like fuck it. I'm gonna create some sort of my own Middle Earth, and it's fucking hard, yeah. man. You can't do it. Yeah. Um. But in terms of information, I I genuinely believe the Winston Churchill series is probably our best. Interesting. I like that. I like that. Particularly because I wrote them. <laughs> Exactly, it's just fucking three episodes of just chock-a-block info, which, like, is what we're about. Yeah, I like that. That's good. My my favourite episode is our episode on Diogenes the Cynic, the ancient Greek philosopher. He is my favourite person. See, I knew history. you were going to say it because you told me, and I would also, I think I'd echo that. I think I I would say that is my all-time favourite episode One to record. One of my favourite people in history. That just the need to be like, do you know what, I'm going to be the freest person ever, and by so, doing so, I'm going to have a shit on this floor to prove it. <laughs> he was just a cool guy like judged by today's standards he was a horrendous person because he'll just get his dick out and start wanking in public but fuck it it's yeah. funny <laughs> um yeah anyway so you guys like you guys listening um tell us what your favorite episode is as well like if you genuinely like if you have like an episode that you were like do you know what that that you peaked then and it's been it's gone down since then or or um you know, ah, oh, that was just, I enjoyed listening to that one. That was the best one. Or this one was the most informative one for me. Um, we'd love to hear what your favorite episode has been so far. Um, interestingly, I have looked and I know James has had a quick little peek. But if we are interested in it anyway, James, um, our top five episodes in terms of the most listened mm. to so far. It's it surprising. Is surprising. But also... No, actually, no, it's not, and it isn't, and I'll say for why in a minute. So, at number five, we have Witold Piłecki, who was our Polish um, hero, who entered Auschwitz voluntarily to document all the atrocities that were happening in there and managed to get out. Mm. His story is genuinely fascinating, and it's an insane well story. worth a listen to if you haven't listened to that episode, guys. Check out Witold Piłecki, uh, and then you get to hear me say some Polish names, which I I'm, I I I asked. I found <laughs> someone, uh, a, a friend of a friend, who tried to help me pronounce the Polish names, uh, specifically Witold Piłecki's name, and I spent about four hours that night through Facebook Messenger sending voice notes going. Witold Piwetsky and him going no <laughs> and then do it again <laughs> so yeah number five is Vital Piwetsky number four is Charles Manson one of yours you gotta fuck it up. I think we'll see a big correlation in the top five of 
I know uh, Witold Pilecki wasn't, but evil people seem to really fucking float people's boats. Yeah, uh, not this is a spoiler or anything, but uh, the top four are bad people. Witold Pilecki is the only good person who appears in the top five. I fully get it. I fully get it. Like serial killers, mass murderers, horrendous people. They're they're interesting to listen to. Yeah. There's some of the most interesting people. Um, number three is Joseph Mengele. Part, part one, one, I believe. Yes, not part two. Part two didn't do as well because part two was about his escape, which people clearly didn't no. give a fuck about. They just wanted exactly. to know what he did. It says a lot about our listenership. It says a lot about you guys listening, man. You're more interested in the horrors of what happened in war than the actual escape in war. And number two <laughs> is Heinrich Himmler, another Nazi. Good old fucking hell. Yeah. You know, I can't remember that episode. I can't remember recording that. Usually I, I remember where we record things, but I don't remember recording that one. And that was my it episode, was I think. Episode. Yeah, you've done a couple of Nazis. <laughs> I, I don't think I've done any. Yeah. No, you've done the people that oppose the Nazis. I do the Nazis. That's right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, number one. Number this is one. a shock. This is a massive shock. Our most listened to episode so far on the 16th of July, 2020, is Tanya Head, the woman who lied about being in 9-11. That's baffling, because how are people... It must. We have a, quite a big America listenership, and I'm assuming, because in England, we don't know who she is, generally. I no. didn't know who she was. So I imagine in, in America, she's well-known. Yeah. I mean, she's, big, she's big enough that people listen to her, this story about her. Because um, there's no one in the UK searching for Tanya Head because it's just another name to us. Yeah, I had no idea who this woman was before I researched uh, for the episode. Um, that story it was a really good episode, though, the way you insane. the way you did it. Oh, that's that's all right. Um, yeah, so this woman, she literally uh, created half her life, almost dedicated most like so many years of her life, based on a lie saying that she worked at the World Trade Center when 9/11 happened. And that she yeah, lost and her, her husband, husband died. There. It's fucking um, batshit. And and, and, and the, the the name of her husband was a real guy who actually passed away there. And the family, when they heard that she'd been saying she was married to him, were like, "We've no idea who you are." And her lie came out, and she got Mental. found out. And she seems to have just disappeared. It's off the face of the earth. Where's she gone? Yeah. Um. It turns out she was Spanish. It's crazy. It's yeah. that, that 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 story is just just bizarre. Yeah, so that, there are our top five episodes. People that are listening to those the most. But where are you listening from is what we want to know now. Uh, so, number one. Actually, no, we'll go, we'll go, from, we'll go for, uh, from five up to one. Actually, no, we'll, we'll do the opposite because I've just done five to one. And actually, this would make more sense. It's not, it wouldn't be surprised when I tell you number one is United Kingdom because we're from the United Kingdom. Most and it's just our... us forcing our friends to listen. Yeah, almost, yeah. So over half of our listenership are from the United Kingdom. So thank you very much, guys, for listening. I love the, the patriotic support. Uh, keep keep coming. You're more than welcome. Number two is the United States of America, which I would imagine, because that's where all the Tiny Head episodes listeners are coming from. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you guys, America, podcasting is huge in America. It's only relatively... It's much bigger than it is in England. Yeah, much bigger than it is in England. It's relatively recent, like only the last couple of years. But podcasting in America, that thing's been going on for ages. And you guys have got hundreds of thousands of podcasts. You know what we are, James? We are small fishes swimming in a very big pond now. 
I, I remember before we start. I think it was after we started the podcast, but before we started producing them by ourselves, I had that meeting with the uh, podcast producer, like quite a big podcast producer. Yes, that's right. And he was just talking to me and he was like, we need to fucking crack the American market. The second you get into America, you've smashed it. Yeah. I mean, And there's major producers in England being like, how the fuck do we do it? They don't have a clue. No, no. I, I'm, I'm not. I, I mean, we are podcasters. So we've only done it for a year now and I'm none the wiser. If, if, if a big producer came up to me, in fact, if there are any big producers, do come up to us. Um, and I will not be able to tell you what the secret is, but I'm more than happy to sign for you. Um, <laughs> so number three, you'll find interesting. All right. Um, I'm not going to ask you which country, cause that's very, very mean. Cause there's like a hundred and so many hundreds of countries in the world, but I will ask you which continent do you think number three, most listens we get are from. Well, I think it's Europe. You would be incorrect. Incorrect. Yep. Asia? Very, very close. We're Southeast Asia. Number three, most listens are from Singapore. Mental. It's crazy. Hello, people from Singapore. Hello, people from Singapore. So it turns out we have people who have listened from Japan, Australia, uh, say Singapore, Hong Kong, uh, Brazil, um, Americas. We've literally people who have listened to us from all over the world, which is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, even if it's that just is one mental. person, I'm happy that you've listened and yet you were from somewhere else and you took the time to listen to our episode. It's crazy how things can spread across the, across the globe. It's like, it's spread like coronavirus. Oh, it's, it's annoying because we can't find out what episodes they listen to. I'd love to find out what demographic of people like specific episodes. Yeah. Um, number four, people listening to us from France. Hello, France. Hello, France. England's mortal enemies. Yes, we are. As as I as I said in uh, Winston Churchill episode, if um, if groundskeeper Willie would have said it, the French and the English have been enemies for as long as they've existed. Really have. Mm. And number five is from Canada. Good old Canada. Yeah, thanks, Canada. America's hat. America's hat. I like that. Um. So yeah, they're our top five most listened to episodes and they are our top five where you guys are from and where you are listening from. So um, now it is at this point uh, that I want to move on to another subject that is a bit touchy for a lot of people. So I will try to be as delicate as possible and it's not as bad as you think, guys. I promise you that. I'm scared now. I don't know what's coming. Yeah. So of course, that's what people do is a free podcast in the sense that it is free to listen to. You can find us on pretty much any platform you want, like Google Podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, um, uh, pod is it pod stitcher i think it is or something like that you can find us deezer there's fucking everywhere we we are literally on any platform you want so if you're really interested like you know recommend us to anyone you you we're easily accessible basically and we are free to listen to but um obviously it it's not nothing in life is ever free especially if you actually want to create a podcast now if there's one thing i learned pretty quickly when i decided and first reached out to james and was like dude should we just create a podcast it's actually how much money it costs to maintain and create a podcast it's not cheap spending it's not it's it's not free um we have to pay for like distribution and then you've got like the hours that you put into research and all this sort of stuff right so james and i work full time um 
uh, with with pandemics aside, we work both of us work <laughs> full time, right? Um, and that's what people do is a hobby of ours and a hobby that we absolutely adore and love doing and one day would like it to be our jobs. Um, and until that day comes, we do have to create the pod around our work schedules. Now, it can take up to around, what, 30 hours to create an episode easily. I mean... Including research, for sure. Exactly. I mean, our recent series on Winston Churchill, like what i done... 40 plus hours and i work a 40 hour week <laughs> yeah that was mental i have that, like, that was definitely the most heavily researched yeah i mean it's a saga I'm, I'm currently training to be an, a, um, an escalator engineer and i work nights and some some of those nights are like really fucking long i don't get in till like stupid o'clock in the morning and then i have to get up and i just sit at the table and i just stare at the laptop for hours and just try and create a script for us to talk about things and as I say, even- and sometimes it's tough because sometimes you'll be sitting there and you just want to put the office on Netflix or something and just mong out. Oh, the amount of times I've just wanted to do that. I mean, I've recently got into like Zac Efron's documentary on Netflix, which is oh, on genuinely food. quite good. It's really good. Oh, I've, I've, I've heard big good things about that. I'm definitely going to watch that because you know what? I'm not a Zac Efron hater. I think he's a cool guy. I think he's a good actor as well. Do you know what? I was indifferent to Zac Efron, but now I've seen Zac Efron, the person traveling around the world. I quite like Zac Efron and I would quite like to hang out with him. So if anyone knows Zac Efron or if you're even listening, Zac, hit us up. Um, We'd like to get you on as a guest. Yeah, I can't skateboard, but I totally learn and we can hang out. <laughs> Let's do that. So anyway, yeah, uh, 40 plus hours easy just on the Winston Churchill. And we only just scratched the surface. Like I said in the episode, I couldn't even, I couldn't go over like every vote, every decision he made, all that sort of stuff. It's just not doable. So yeah, to, to cut a long story short, basically, lots of creators use stuff like, you know, Patreon and all that sort of stuff. And they ask their listenership or subscribers for regular monthly donations now we're not Belle Delphine I'm not asking for £30 a month so I can get my boobs out and you can look at me nunny or whatnot. I'm not asking for that so that's not something that we're going to go down we're not doing that route but instead what we have set up is uh, what's called a Kofi account for that's what people do um, the initial idea of Kofi was that if you had a creator that you and you loved what they do, you could you could um, if you felt that way inclined, um, send them a donation in form of a coffee. So send them like the equivalent of what a coffee costs, Just like I don't know, depending on where you're buying your coffees, like I don't know two pound or dollars or however much it is in your respective mm. countries that you're listening to. It could be France for whatever. So it's euros. Um, so yeah, you would you support your creators by sending them the equivalent of a coffee, and then they could use that to like you know stimulate themselves a bit longer in the liquid sense of a coffee uh, to keep them awake and keep making good content. <laughs> now, not to be picky or anything, I don't know about you, James, but I don't like coffee. Uh, no, I I physically can't drink caffeine without my stomach imploding. Oh, is that right? Are you like allergic to it or something? I don't think I'm allergic. I'm just very intolerant. It's weird. Interesting. Is you sure it's not milk? Mm. No, milk's fine. I have a bowl of cereal every day and fucking milk that bad boy up. Hey guys, if there's any doctors listening, diagnose James with something, please. Um, it's not bad though, to be fair. I'm just on a natural high and constantly tired. That's right. Just don't, 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 don't drink coffee. I suppose is my my uh, recommendation to you. Now, I'm more mm. of a cup of tea person, being properly British. Um, I like a good cup of tea with two sugars, milk. But yeah, anyway, if you love the show, which you know we've got regular listeners, 
so I hope you do like the show, right? Otherwise, why would you continue to listen? Um, if you love the show and you want to help support us um, and the show, you can head over to our Kofi page and you know drop us a donation. Um, any and all donations would go to the podcast, which goes um, a long way to help the costs maybe of distribution of the podcast, which is like a monthly fee that we have to pay. Um, it, it can go towards like equipment so that we could have like maybe better microphones, um, better... Something I've looked into, I really want to put out visuals. I want to get on YouTube and uh, start doing, not video episodes, but I don't know. I've got some ideas just to, just to give visual, just to get on YouTube basically. Yeah. So I, I think that would be cool. Yeah. And that would take more hours. If you are a super fan and you've gone, I can't get enough of that's what people do in the audio form. I hope they're on YouTube. We are. But there's nothing on there. There's two episodes, I believe, that I put on there. But I've had no time to dedicate anything to YouTube at all. So it, it, we are on there, but we're not on there at the moment. Don't even look us up because it's just not good. You won't see anything. So yeah, if 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 we, you know, if you guys, if you love us, you want us to help support us. Um, if you was to be so kind as to send us donations via our Kofi page, uh, you know, all those donations could go towards equipment help us you know start up uh, and expand with like the youtube channel maybe get some more visuals as james has alluded to get some better uh, sound uh, systems and uh, software um hopefully in, at some point as well help to bring guests in uh, people who know a shitload more than we do um because we because people want pain people want pain and we are desperate to talk about jack the ripper and we've got someone in mind who we desperately want to talk to but we just need to sort out like a venue to get him there <laughs> um so that's yeah. something that we we, we want to do those sort of things in the future and obviously working full-time and putting our own finances as well into it we're, we're we're really trying but we've got so many great ideas that we'd like to sort of push forward with and we'll be able to do that with like your help and with a lot more time so um, yeah i think we put the link to the kofi page on all our socials just to make it easier to yeah get you to. will find it there um but if you are inclined to do so um one i'd even even if i even if we get like one person sends us a donation i would be oh man i'd be so fucking over the moon i would not be able to that's that's the thing that don't don't feel completely obliged no. to do this will forever be a, a free to listen no, to podcast. absolutely you're absolutely right like i say this is not this is not only fans you know i'm not asking for fucking i'm not asking for your wages every month we're not we're not <laughs> though if you do send like 20 quid like we could send a feet pick or something i don't know <laughs> i'm more than happy to do that yeah. yeah if you want like we can put all that sort of stuff on a paywall if you really want like <laughs> we can sort <laughs> something out um uh, we don't we're not we don't have any sort of like hidden away content we, we we don't have all this like paywall shit that you can get behind that it's literally there if if you want to do it it'd be one-off donation um it's not a subscription you're not paying monthly it's just if you if you feel inclined to be like do you know what these guys are great i like listening to them i'd like them to be able to get i don't know something for, to help the pod i'll chuck them a pound like whatever it is i, I really don't it doesn't matter it could be the littlest whatever you want um but yeah if you are inclined to do so thank you very much uh you can find us on our kofi page which is at and it will be on all the social medias but it's at www.co-fi, which is ko-fi.com forward slash that's what people do. So www.kofi.com forward slash that's what people do and buy us a coffee or, or a tea because I don't like coffee. Um, yeah, that's, a, that, that's our pleading out the way. <laughs> um, 
I'll get off my knees because they're sore. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't think I have any much more to add on that. Uh, that would, I suppose, be the end of the episode. So we, um, we're we a year old. That's great. We are mental. We're mental. a year old. I love it. We're learning so much and we have learned so much and we have more to learn still um, as we continue into our second year. Um, yeah. So, yeah, thank you to Alex who recommended us the documentary Searching for Sugar Man and the story of Sixto Rodriguez. Check it out if you are um, inclined to do so. Definitely recommend it. Watch it. It's a fantastic, interesting, in-depth documentary. Um, James, you have a teaser, do you not? Well, I thought you've just done a three-week project of Winston Churchill. Mm. So I think it's only fair I give you some time off and I start my own projects, which will probably span over two, not three. Maybe three. I don't know. We'll see Ooh. how it goes. So I'm thinking we've done Churchill. Let's carry on going big into the second year. Let's start off with a bang. Let's go for Adolf Hitler. Holy shit. Fucking <laughs> hell. Let's just fucking rip the band-aid off and de- delve straight Holy into shit, it. Holy shit, man. We're going to go Adolf Hitler. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, it was a toss-up between him and uh, someone else that I won't mention because we'll do him in the future. But yeah, Ad- Adolf Hitler. People have been... I've, I've, I've been asked. Yeah. Because I, I did a, a study on Hitler, so I'm, I'm quite... I don't know, I find, I find him really interesting, but we'll get into he that next week. He is a fascinating psychological experiment, isn't he? he he's a... Yeah, he's a really interesting mind to look into. And I think it's important to know about him as well, just so we can stop the bastard from ever happening Definitely. again. Uh, if, if if was it what's what's the what's the famous quote? Uh, it's not like if you don't learn about the past, you can't know the future or something like that. It's a Carl Sagan quote. It's yeah, something a like Carl that. Sagan quote. Check it out. Someone will someone will be screaming at us on the tube right now. <laughs> now when you listen to a podcast and they're going, "It's fucking this." That's what the quote is. Yeah, behind their mask, just behind screaming. Masks, yeah, so no one can see them mouthing to themselves. Oh yeah, wear a mask. Let's put that fucking PSA out. Wear, wear a, a fucking mask. mask it doesn't people. stop you breathing. I literally sat and had a. It doesn't I stop had you breathing. I had a two-hour tattoo session yesterday, and I wore a mask for the whole thing. Even I had a cup of tea, and I wore a mask. It's... That's impressive. The way I see it is, if you're having surgery, you don't ask your surgeon to not wear a mask because it will deprive them of oxygen. Yeah. If they can do open heart surgery for hours with a mask on, you can go into fucking Tesco with exactly. a mask on for yeah. twenty minutes. It's not, not a problem. problem. Um, brilliant oh fantastic I'm looking forward to Adolf Hitler next week I hope you guys are listening uh, and looking forward to that as well man Adolf Hitler that's going to be good alright then <laughs> join us next week when we talk about Adolf Hitler and I have two weeks off where I can just sit and listen um, it's nice I won't lie this whole Churchill period was very very cosy for me two weeks off of not having to do any research and now it's, yeah, it's just, very nice. I know, I know what's going to happen you just, out of nowhere you're just going to go oh fuck I'm, I'm just not prepared I can't do this yeah, well, to be fair, a lot, I've got a lot of time on my hands, so I should just start true. now. I won't, but <laughs> I should start now. All right, guys. Um, right, in that case, we shall end off, as we always do, with me asking you to follow us on all the socials. You can find us on Instagram at That's What People Do Podcast. You can find us on Facebook if you just type in at That's WPD. You can also find us on Twitter if you type in the same at That's WPD. Uh, if you want to send us any suggestions, please do so uh, via email. Send us them at that's what people do podcast at gmail.com. And um, as James said, like 
we will take it on board and we will more than likely talk about the person because you know the, i don't think i don't think there's like a um there's no like rules or anything this person hasn't there's no boundaries, boundaries. We, we've done like, a woman that killed over 600 people like we, we yeah. don't care we'll do yeah. it whoever there's, there's a woman that killed over 600 people and we've literally just spoke about a guy who um you know just made music and then sat in his home in detroit just worked a normal uh laboring job but just happened to sell millions in another yeah. country that he wasn't even aware of so you know there's no there's no limit if they've done something we'll but, talk yeah, about we don't them care. this is the story of people and what they do so it doesn't matter what they've done whether it be big or small as long as i can research about it <laughs> I think a cool episode for the future might be, you know how sometimes I find it really annoying that there's like people that have done cool things, but not enough to feel like an yep. hour episode. I think maybe in the future we'll do like an episode with loads of little stories of like people that have done cool things, but you, not, you can't really totally, flesh out. Totally. We'll have that in, in the future as well. We shall have that to listen to. All right, guys. Um, yeah. So hit us up on the social medias. Also, if you could, please, I know I've asked for a lot tonight. I'm asking for bloody, I'm asking for follows and You've asked for a lot. And, a lot of these from these people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hit us up on the Kofi page if you're that way inclined. Hit us up on all the social medias. Drop us a like. Um, and um, also, uh, if you could, uh, whatever platform you are listening to us on, uh, drop us a little review. Uh, be that five star, if you will. Uh, or, you know. Specifically Apple. If you're yeah, on Apple, Apple that would be fantastic. That really helps. If we can get like a little review on Apple Podcasts, um, just to tell everyone that you like us. And then hopefully we can get more people to like us too. And then, yeah, we will be eternally grateful like the little alien toys in Toy Story. You saved our lives. Exactly. You will have saved our lives because we're at that point. If this doesn't work, I don't know what else to do. (laughs) Right. Okay then, guys. Uh, Thank you very much for listening. And join us next week as we talk about Herr Hitler. Bye-bye. Farewell. infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing we wondered the same thing so we made byheart a better formula for formula learn more at byheart.com Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.